Hello, this is John Beasley from Harmony UK Podcast, just back from a joint and very exciting labs and European barbershop convention in Bournemouth, where I spoke to Marty Monson. He's the chief executive of the Barbershop Harmony Society of North America, and we talked about what they've described as a bold vision of a bright future for barbershop, which they've called Everyone in Harmony. The initiative was launched earlier this year with a video, which you can watch in full on the BHS website. For those who haven't seen it, Here's an excerpt. We want to serve an entire universe of singers. Men and women, young and old, everyone, anyone who loves barbershop should have the freedom to choose how they want to sing. So we're expanding our sights. In addition to our current men's organization, we're going to support a women's organization and a mixed barbershop organization. However you want to sing in whatever company, you'll be able to do it. The society will not only make a bigger impact the world over, we'll have the increased revenue streams to keep supporting our founding purposes. We have big ideas, and we're ready to get to work. But first, let's make something clear. When we were founded in 1938, the society was an exclusive organization open only to white men, which was an unfortunate reflection of race relations at the time. Musically, it really never made sense since our art form was founded in African-American communities. We've evolved. We're evolving. And while we may still be largely middle-class white guys, we can be more than that. We will be more than that. Part of that BHS video, Everyone in Harmony. Well, Marty Monson, the Barbershop Harmony Society's CEO, was a special guest in Bournemouth of the Ladies' Association of British Barbershop Singers, who hosted the 2017 European Convention alongside their own. He spent the weekend meeting barbershoppers from across Europe. He compared a superb Friday night show, and he joined a fringe event where he was interviewed by Alison Harbord, a leading member of both Labs and the World Harmony Council, and he then answered questions from the audience. Well, afterwards, Marty agreed to talk to me for Harmony UK podcast. And I started by asking about that vision, everyone in Harmony. How would it change the way that the society did things? Well, I think it's it's to not be so insular about what we do as a barbershop community. It's about broadening that out to, and a responsibility to our local communities. You know, bringing harmony to the to our communities, bringing harmony to the world. We all love barbershop harmony because we get to do it ourselves, and we tag and do all those wonderful things, and that feeds our soul, which is critical. That's what we are founded upon. But there also is a gift that we can give back, and that everyone in harmony doesn't mean just the singers ourselves of being fed and the souls being fed from that aspect. It's also being entertaining and including others in our community. Meaning that instead of just thinking in terms of performing on stage formally and and you have a quiet audience and all that kind of stuff, why don't we get more sing-alongs? You know, why wouldn't we sing a song or an arrangement and ask the audience to sing with us? That's what you hear at big rock concerts and all that. The audiences are singing all the time. They don't go, shh, quiet. Don't, don't, I'm singing my stuff on the stage. They say, sing along. In fact, that validates them because that means that the people have bought their albums, they've engaged, they love the art form, they love the lyric. And so that engagement 
in the coral community is very different. And I think barbershop and our communities, barbershop communities, can make a big difference because that's where you create harmony. Even if someone just sings a little bit at a concert, they will go back home inspired. We know what that's like as singers. When we're not singing, we know how we have a little gap in our in our day to day. And we do that then, we might turn on the radio in the car and sing along down the road or maybe learn our, learn our music right in the car. But you know, people are innately wanting to sing like I mentioned. You know, we're all born with the instrument. It's just whether or not we use it. Are you saying then that, that competition for amongst ourselves is, is going to be less important in the future than getting more people in just to sing purely for the fun of it? Yes, totally. I think contest is only a small segment, and unfortunately it's leapfrog to the most important because it was something that we could grab onto and promote, but at the same time, not everybody can be a winner. There's only one winner, everybody else is a loser in a competition, right? And so this is the idea of bringing more fun and excitement and joy on a regular basis because if you lose, you gotta go back home and explain why we lost. Instead of saying, hey, this is what we learned. You know, singing should be a learning, lifelong learning activity. Learning a new piece of music. That's what inspires, it keeps us young. It keeps us living longer in a world today. So we have to think in those terms of impact than the aspiration of winning a contest. Now I'm not diminishing the contest because some people thrive and live on that and, and they understand the perspective. But it can't be the only component. And especially when we know, we all talk about this, you know, we come for the singing and all that kind of stuff, but it's the social and the friendships is why we keep coming back. And that's what's critical. Our, we need that inter interaction with other people. And how broad is your definition of everybody? Uh, Barbershop Harmony Society has been open to men since 1938. Is it now gonna be open to women? Well, the, the broad is everyone means everyone. and. Who knows what, if we'll ever be uh, open to women as members, official members. That's not for me to decide, that's for my, my society board to, to decide. But at the end of the day, we know that we, even if we remain an all-male organization, we can make an impact on everyone. We can make by the audiences, by the families. We're, we, we may make an impact because we're better men at home. We're better husbands, grandparents, whatever, you know, brothers, sisters. We, we can, we're making a bigger impact even if we stay all male. It, it just doubles down if we open it up bigger, right, um, from that aspect. So everyone means everyone. It's inclusive. Uh, I'm just wondering about the way that you pitched this in the in the video which, which introduced this strategy. Mm. Because I, I saw, for example, one blog from one well-known woman barbershopper in Britain who said it was wonderful to see the BHS finally recognizing the huge contribution of African-Americans to the art form. On the other hand, they seem not to notice that many thousands of women have been singing barbershop for something like 70 years. Sure, sure. Well, and that's critical. We, we do, but we haven't been you know, we haven't been uh, communicating that as much. Again, I think that's because we all have protected our own little silos, you know, but as somebody said a few months back, they said, but any new barbershop organization today doesn't start out as gender-based. It starts out as mixed because they know then you can have choice. It shouldn't matter, right? And so we have being legacy and at the time in the night, late 1930s, you know, I mean, that was really important for men to feel safe and congregate, to socialize, and I don't think that should go away. 
just like I don't think it should go away with, with all women. Um, and so we've allowed those entities to be protected on them, you know, with themselves. But now we're at a time where, you know, we've got to scale our, our organizations all across the world. And how do we do that? Who, how do we share in that endeavor that we're not spending $5 when if we collaborated, we could spend $2 and make a lot more harmony in the world? So can I ask you then, if you're talking about collaboration, how much discussion went on between you and uh, Sweet Adelines and Harmony Inc. as well uh, about this before you published your strategy? Um, it came in little bits and pieces, you know. Not um, a lot then? N- not as much, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, do, it's do, do, do you regret dialogue. that? Do you, do, you, do you think you should have been more? Well, I think it's, it's a, it's a uh, catch-22, right? If you open things prematurely, it, it could cause other challenges the the key here is that decisions haven't been made other than we announced everyone in harmony as our vision statement which is inclusive um now we can have permission we're public now we can have conversations more openly instead of at the water cooler conversations were happening in the water cooler all the time about this kind of stuff it just wasn't put on the table or as part of an agenda so we are open to conversation we have conversations we are collaborating we're collaborating more you know, I would say we're able to have more of those harder conversations, perhaps, you know, around just like today's meeting and the interview uh, earlier today. So what will that collaboration, for example, with Sweet Adelines look like in the future, do you think? Well, I don't know if it changes much than what it's been, because I communicate with the, my peer over there because we have full-time staff that work almost identically in their departments. And some of that will just kind of depend you know, as we evolve, you know, and the openness and willingness that we both are willing to meet and, and just have the dialogue and discussion, because who knows, you know, what, what that might look like. But I don't have an answer for that, you know, from, from that standpoint. Coming back to, to, to getting more people involved in barbershop harmony singing, it's not really singing that's a problem. You, you said in America, 42 million people sing every week in some form of yep. choir. That is an awful lot. I mean, do we really need this strategy? <laughs> yes, we need the strategy uh, because that means 200 million aren't. And I think that's a big challenge to our world today. If people sang a little bit more, they would understand how to apply those principles in singing and creating harmony to how we deal with our work environments every day, our political environments every day, all these kinds of things. I'm, it's not a silver bullet, but it's a component that, that gives us balance in our, in our journey of living in the world. And uh, so I, I firmly believe that, you know, again, like I said, everybody's born to sing maybe at different levels of quality that's all given but um if we don't use it or find opportunities um just like the music man you know once you're taught a little bit of harmony it never leaves your soul it's just something that i think innately we yearn for it's just whether we tap into it or not so i think it's 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 a huge opportunity and i don't i haven't defined or got or seen any data that gives us the global aspect i mean there's parts of the world that you know if there're million singers i'd be surprised in the middle east or in asia or some of these highly populated areas, where are they getting their singing opportunities? So it's not just the areas that adopted barbershop early on and helped create the art form as what we know it today, but it's also communities all around the world, which I'm just delighted that the World Harmony Council has really shifted over the past three, four years a lot of their thinking and how they fund the expansion of, of global harmony and barbershop harmony around the world. Well, we're here in Bournemouth at the European Barbershop Convention. Yeah. You've seen the, 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 the tremendous enthusiasm from all over Europe for mm-hmm. barbershop harmony singing. Are you suggesting then that, that part of the focus of this is, is, is going to be international, that, that the BHS is going to be putting money, resources, people on the ground
ground into trying to start new barbershop organisations and get people involved in, in countries where they, they currently don't exist. Yeah, I, I think that might be over the past couple decades. We've lost a little bit of that. Um, uh, of some of our BH vol- BHS volunteers that you know are interested in that in that space. I mean, it was early on that's how it got started. You know, that's how Babs got started, and 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 all the other organizations um, and the affiliate organizations. But now that those organizations have matured and are developing, they want to do the same thing. They want to expand. They want to go help people recognize the art form and start it. And so now, you know, World Harmony Council is expanded and, you know, they've identified 30 other countries where there's quartetting or course going on of of singing the wonderful art form. And so, uh, yes, more intentional. It's always been part of our constitution and our bylaws of global harmony. I think it's just now being a little more intentional as far as that, but it has to be in a collaborative effort. It's not the tip, the BHS is not the tip of the spear. What we want to create are more tent poles underneath the tent. You know, the tip of the spear is barbershop harmony, creating harmony in the world. And, um, but all these other entities, culturally there's just too much dynamic and that no one entity could ever try and take control of it all. And one last question, and it is about culture because you mentioned yourself that in America, barbershop is perceived as old, white, and middle class for the most part. <laughs> in Britain, it's certainly perceived in that way, although we have university groups and we, we have a, a, a certain number of people from, uh, from uh, uh, other cultures coming into barbershop as well. Yep. But nonetheless, that's the perception. If you go out to the world, aren't you going to be seen as, as a bunch of middle class white guys coming along and trying to impose their culture upon other people? Yeah, that is our risk. You know, that's why, you know, part of the inclusion aspect and the cultural inclusion is we have to educate that awareness um, so that we don't, you know, our word choices or our visual choices could really construe a different message than our intent. And so it has to be very carefully done, not carefully to be divisive by any means. No, we have to be genuine with our intention. And we will be genuine. I think barbershoppers in general are genuine people. They mean good and they do wonderful things. So, but there is a careful, carefulness to that approach um, that we all have to be very um, susceptible and aware of as we design these components and these strategies going forward. Because, you know, again, you know, it can be perceived very negatively to your point. Um, if we don't look at it in such a way. So we have to, it's a long journey, you know, making that kind of transformation will take a couple decades for sure because of the reality of the inheritance of our, of what we've done over the past 50, 60 years, you know, as an art form, even though 120, 140 years ago, you know, the African-American black culture influenced these harmonies that we know today. So it's, it's a, it's a big shift for us uh, of welcoming back in the case of the African-American black community, but also opening it up to, you know, the quartet that we had at Harmony University from Istanbul and from down in Brazil. I mean, these people love it. And they've got to be the missionary people that uh, go back home and go, this is awesome, you know, kind of thing. I'm hooked and let's go, you know, kind of thing. So it's slow steps. It's slow steps, John, but it's, you know, it's, it's needed, you know. It's a lot of fun, too. It is indeed, and we shall watch your uh, uh, progress with, with, with great interest. Good luck, Marty. Thanks very much Thank indeed. Thank you. Marty Monson, the BHS Chief Executive and guest of Labs and the European Barbershop Convention. And there were so many marvellous quartet and chorus performances over that weekend, so many inspiring 
amusing and wonderful voices to talk to. It really was a joyful gathering. I'm sifting through all my recordings and I hope to have a full podcast, the 11th, ready to upload in the middle of November. I'll look forward to your company then. In the meantime, keep the whole world singing and bye-bye for now.